Welcome to Wealth Alchemy Lab, where we show you how spirituality, money, and pleasure not only can go together, but that they must. Activate your soul-driven path to your most fulfilling life possible through riveting interviews from our archives and wisdom from your host, ex-lawyer turned unconventional business strategist and spiritual catalyst, Kavita Aurora. This is an interview that was repurposed from an event in 2016 called Speak Up From Your Heart. Some of the links that are mentioned may not be available, but there will be a link to each person's website in the show notes, so you can find them if you wish. Enjoy the interview. Hello, I'm so excited that you are here for the Speak Up From Your Heart video jam. I'm Kavita Lila Aurora, and I'm your host for this amazing event. And we are here to empower your hidden voice so that you can create true prosperity in your life, in your love, in your work. And we're going to do that by helping to tune in to like, what are the conversations you need to be having that you may be avoiding? And how can you have the courage to have those conversations in your life? And I have with me today a very special guest, Tony Bergens. And I <laughs> got introduced to Tony um, last year, actually, at Kripalu, as um, one of my uh, mentees was, uh, she studied journey dance with Tony, and she's like, you're at Kripalu, you have to go to her class. And I almost didn't, but then I fit it in. And I'm so delighted that... <laughs> that I did that because um, the class itself was so moving and I had this experience of, you know, I, I love to think of the concept of living my life as devotion and I was really dancing as devotion in uh, by the end of the, the hour and it was really moving and one of those experiences that I will always remember and at wow. some point I'd love to actually deepen in journey dance and maybe even become a facilitator. <laughs> You know, that would be awesome. But I just knew that I uh, really had to have Tony here on this event. As you know, I've hand-selected everyone who is here with us. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her formal bio. Tony Bergens has been developing Journey Dance since 1997. And she's now touched the lives of more than 75,000 people through her classes and workshops, which is, wow, <laughs> that's a lot of people. And she believes that movement has... Huh? <laughs> been a long time <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she believes that movement has a has a power to transform by bringing people back in touch with their innate energy and creative wisdom and tony has a light sense of humor we've been laughing together already <laughs> a deep wild passion and authenticity that makes journey dance accessible to all and she's produced a popular instructional instructional journey dance cd oh i didn't know that i want to get that <laughs> clothing line and set of uh love your body love your life cards that's interesting too and she's been featured in yoga magazine and fitness rx and tony leads a growing team of over five 500 journey dance teachers internationally and continues to offer classes and workshops worldwide. Welcome, wow, Tony. Sounds so good. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> that was fun to read. <laughs> Woo. Woo. You put your hair up already. <laughs> she, <I did. laughs> she I'll be messing it up and down. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Tony, it's um, such an honor and such a delight to, to have you here with us. And I know you get a lot of invitations. And I'm wondering, you know, what was it that had you say yes to this one? Well, I remember meeting you. I remember um, being on the dance. I, I, I meet people dancing. That's how I really get to know someone. And I remember being like, ooh, who's that lady? Woo! I remember going over to you at some point and we danced together. I don't remember exactly what we said to each other, but there was some moment of recognition like, oh, yes, I see you. You are the goddess. Like immediately. So when I saw the invitation, I said, oh yeah, I'm definitely doing that. It wasn't even a question. I was like, oh, totally. This woman is, she's doing something with people and I want to help inspire that or juice that, give energy to that, whatever I can do. 
And of course, Kristen loves you so much that, you know, she was nonstop talking about you for a year before I even met you. And then she's like, that's her. I'm like, oh my God, you know? And then we're in the hallway. And then I remember being in the hallway with you being like, gotta know you. Awesome. Yeah. I also, you know, I also did it because I love the title, speaking up from the heart, and I'm that's what I do. That's my work. You know, getting everybody to get that heart open and cranking. You know, and receiving and giving and receiving and giving and receiving. It's like that. You know, that pump. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's. I, I really felt that even in the you know in the one hour I got to got to spend. Oh, good. And. Uh, yeah, and you know, I, I, I really, you, you do so much of this dancing that I remember so vividly. You know, when we met, and then just the dancing together at the end. Like you had us dancing with like one person oh, in the yeah. center, and then the other two were like the angels, and then I got the, I got the experience of getting you as one of my angels. That's <laughs> yes. what I remember, and it was, it was really amazing what flowed out because I wasn't feeling that great, but I, I, mm. it just. It was like my spirit was moving my body, which I've only mm-hmm. had one other experience like that dancing. Ah. And um, yeah, so it was really amazing uh, what you can create in an hour. And one of the other things that I love about journey dance, I just have to say in this moment, <laughs> is um, I'd never experienced an hour of dancing where like we were we we actually went on a journey like you took us on a, on a there was a metamorphosis that occurred during the the hour and the shedding of skins and oh. and yeah and it was it was truly amazing and profound and and um i felt in touch with my body in a way that i hadn't um like really ever felt while dancing like wow. yeah like i'd never seen dance as transformative that way wow yeah oh. Thank you so much. That really gives me so much. Uh, you know, when I was writing my little, uh, introducing myself on the Facebook group, I was like, what do I say? Because I'm much more, I'm, I'm, I like to communicate verbally, but I'm a, I'm a dance move. I move a lot and I'm, I'm a mover. So I was like, well, what can I say? Well, what I can say is when I'm on the dance floor, I, I go into a shamanic state, like whatever you want to call it, a hypnotic state, some kind of awareness state where everything fires for me and I'm feeling I'm seeing I'm I'm like I'm everywhere it's like my cosmic consciousness moment so I get to play with people in that way which it's just my personal way some people can do it through meditation through yoga through art through and now I'm doing it more I'm making a lot of music now as well but but the my initial impetus was always dance always movement and not even dance just movement and I'm all about being as weird as possible and keeping the perfect, <laughs> keeping the perfectionism way out of the way. I always say to everybody, "Do you want to be perfect or do you want to be weird?" And they go, "Weird." I'm like, "Yay!" You know, <laughs> weird because perfect is so boring and it's so much work, it's so ugh, tedious. And weird is so much more fun and free and whatever. Yeah, I'm not gonna buzz out on the uh, Skype. <laughs> I look like a blur. So uh, that's the big thing is helping people get out of that perfectionism box. You know, I was in it for many years. So that's why I I have an exercise now called break out of the box. Yeah. (laughs) It's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, um, there's, there's so much freedom in you and in the way you teach. And I think that's like, that's how you create that sort of metamorphosis even within an hour is like, you just were freeing people, freeing everyone in the room. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, just to speak to that for a moment, what I think is that people, they don't know that they need that metamorphosis until they get onto the dance floor, right? So people who are coming in, I teach at a big, huge yoga center, so there's people coming in who don't know what they're going to receive, and then I go out into the world and people do know what they're going to receive, and the groups are so different. So if you know what you're going for, I go I go even deeper, you know, when I'm out in the world, people are opting in. People are showing up, and they're like, oh, and it's a mystery to them, you know, so they get into their body. The first thing I do is it's all about embodiment. So I take people into their body and we do like a rolling on the floor and a pouring and then we go into the spine and then we go into the space and then we start getting funky and 
fun and build confidence with each other, then we can go on a deeper dive. Like that's why I loved your your whole I read your whole story and you know when when we're feeling in that abyss place it's really hard to work on ourselves it's like the scariest moment and when we're feeling good we can say oh wait let me work on myself now that I'm feeling good I can go to the abyss place by choice instead of going by you know yeah. <laughs> by by need by force so it's an empowering situation for people to do that so I developed these processes in the midst of the journey right in the center point. It's like this place I call evocative emotion and shamanic where we go on this transformative journey moment and we go digging, find the next piece. And then we go into the connection. Like, look, I'm so glad I did that exercise with you. It's been a while since I've done the angels and maybe I'll do it very soon again. <laughs> um, yeah, because it really is it's about being supported by the community. And that's another reason why I wanted to do this with you is because I love my new thing that I'm really focused on now is tribe much more than um, you know, multi-level marketing, you know, whatever you want to call it, all the ways people make money. I'm, I've decided that the money is secondary and I want to have tribe because any, I can make money in many different ways. We can all go, I, we can make money. I, what I can't make is community. Like I can, but I can, I can earn community. I can create community. I can be part of me. I can give to community and then I have support in community. I don't know what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, that's the feeling I most long for is to feel like I am part of a tribe. So that's what I did. I created a tribe because I feel the isolation is too much. Hmm. What's happening now. I love that we're Skyping and I wish I was with you in presence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was the closest you know what I, I mean? could get. Yeah. Yeah. It'll work. It'll work for now. Huh? It'll work for now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're, um, saying is, is so important, the community and the tribe. And I think that, well, I can, I can feel how you, how you build that in your journey dance community with your facilitators. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really beautiful. And uh, I'm so glad what we're doing on tribal connection weekend is in three weeks and it's all the teachers getting together as many as can possibly come. And we're just going to dance and I'm creating some support circles and creating ritual and we're going to just be together in the way that I think I really believe that women did once run the spiritual uh, communities. Women ran the spiritual communities and were the supports and were the priestesses and were the, the mentors and the goddesses even more than, than today. And we're coming back to it now. It's all regenerate, you know, it's recirculating and now women are stepping into these amazing roles of leadership on this level and it's just yoga and dance and all those body forms have really allowed women the place to shine so it's been great to be part of that I have I would say I have 90% women in the tribe yeah that makes sense I'm surprised you even have men we do, <laughs> yeah. we do. more and more we're getting some really amazing men coming coming along and saying wow this is actually really amazing and they want to yeah. shift yeah, that's that's really cool, and I love um, the just what you're saying about you know how women used to hold more of just the spiritual container for culture, for society, for and now um, that is coming back, and I and I also can see I mean there's such a deep spiritual thread that that it goes through journey dance and my experience mm -hmm. of it, and there's. Um, so I, I can't even imagine how, how amazing it is when you all get together having, you know, you've got all these trained facilitators who've gone so deep in their own transformation. They're facilitating so much transformation in others. And then you all get together and then you transform um, each other. You know? I'm very excited. I wrote like, we're going to just blow the place up. <laughs> Yeah. With our, with our vibration. You know, and we do the thing about the Journey Dance tribe that I love so much that and it's really about my life is that we hold space for the joy, which we have, you know, which we multiply, and we also hold space for the angst, and we hold space for the grief, and we hold space for all of that, because that's, I think, the biggest fear. I think a woman came up to me, I just taught at this big um, yoga thon, like 800 people, and they were raising money for this incredible uh, children's hospital in Boston. It was a great event. The woman had a dream, and she has manifested this for six years, and they've made millions of dollars, and all these yogis show up. And one woman came to me at the end, and she's this blogger, and she said, you know, I'm, I blog, I'm really big in the blogging world, and I want to tell you, I was so moved that I almost cried. And I was like, tell me more. 
So we talked and what she, what we discovered, I said to her, I said, Hey, you know what I, I think is that that's why you're so intrigued by me is because you were moved. You were moved. You were moved by your own self. You were moved by the music. You were moved by your, your ability to let go and have no directions and have kind of a free experience of just your essence. And you were moved. And she was like, Oh, you're right. I was moved because we're looking to be moved. You know, we're, we're, it's so easy to armor up and numb out, especially now with everything going on in the world. So, so we have so much more information that we know so much more that how do we take it all in? How do we filter it all through? I mean, it's exhausting. Truly. So I'm like sort of a news deprived. I have like my wall. I don't know what's going on in the world. Um, but I do know, of course, I do know. I find out. I hear everything eventually, just maybe a little later than other people do. And I still have to filter that through. And I still have to decide how much am I willing to feel, you know. So in Journey Dance, the, the kind of the, one of the goals is to take the emotional body, expand it, stretch it, support it express it and then find sort of a balanced place where you can actually be in relationship with other people and really present instead of avoiding the sensations, you know? Mm. So that's kind of, I'm excited for this time with the women because we're going to even have a grief circle because we want to let people who are going through difficulty have space for that and not just be like amp, 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 amp. You know, there's the whole other side of amp, which is hold and support. And that's what the tribe, I think, even needs even more. There's a lot of ampage going on. You know, we don't only need that. We need the other side, the grounded, I'm here for you, I got your back, sister. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's really, um, really beautiful that you're holding space for both because there just isn't enough of that that happens the the processing of the grief of mm. the sadness of the deeper more difficult yeah emotions and i uh i think they just remain stuck in our bodies and and mm. stop us from really becoming who we came here to be and uh yeah so that's gorgeous oh, you've structured you just it. made me think of something about the heart you know i was just i just was working with someone today earlier i do a i have a a mentor program I call the love and me mentor program. So I work with people uh, via Skype on the phone, whatever. And we were talking about what feeds the heart, right? So the heart is like that central channel, the central chamber of, of your expression. It's like the forward speaking part of us. It's, it's actually right here, you know, it's, this is it. And so we either come down, you know, through the spiritual senses and we speak from the heart or we come up through the grounding, the sensuality, and the power. And what I've learned is that I'm teaching people, I'm really getting pretty clear on this, that they have to have that first, you know, organic embodiment, the second, that sensual yumminess, and then the third, that power, all feeding the heart to really live that life, you know, that we want. Because if we're cutting off in different areas, then we're not really speaking from our heart. We're speaking from what we think our heart wants mm. us to do. And that's, I think, the that's like what I loved about your just your title, speaking up from the heart. I felt like, oh yeah, that's it. Because if we're if you're disconnected in the body, then you can't really be living that juicy sensual because your heart is not alone it's an operating system you know there's things going on and i call this your energetic center and then you know up here we have the ethers really easy to get to now i mean because there's so much you know just it's easier to float out of the body even more than ever just look at your phone and you're like i'm gone you know <laughs> so try and find that way to stay in stay in the body feel the feelings feel the sensations, learn how to harness the sensations, learn how to feel through the sensations. You know, it's all part of it. And we are these amazing beings and we are evolving. We are evolving and we are able to hold more joy and more passion and more, and that, and then more of everything, more, more righteous indignation, which we need some of right now <laughs> to make, to make good decisions, you know, for the future. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I know what you mean. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for some righteous indignation around the <laughs> fact that we, uh, we kill each other because we, because the other person believes something different than we do. Yeah, I've got plenty of righteous indignation about that. You know, yeah, and, I, uh, yeah. It, I do. I think that so the way, so I feel, I feel I've always been, um, when I was a kid, I'll tell you the story. So I read this book, um, by Orson Scott Card, you know, 
he's a famous sci-fi writer. And it was called The Tales of Alvin Maker. And Alvin was this little, like, boy who, whenever he felt negativity surrounding him, he would, like, weave threads of a ba- of, of grass and make a little basket. And then the, the, the darkness, whatever they called it, the, the shadows, whatever they called it, would subside. And over the course of seven books, he becomes this incredible magician who's called a maker. And I always felt like that was me. Like, not that I'm a magician, and maybe I am in my own way, but it's like, I always felt like the more I could be creative, the more I could make positive, juicy, lovely things, even out of my fear, out of my grief, out of my anger, then I could be a maker. I too could be a maker and I could weave and I could kind of be that vibration that I want to be. That's really what it is about for me. Like I, I feel like I came in like super like, like my mom always said, Oh, you were like this little shiny. I had red hair. I was like a little carrot top. And she was like, you were this shiny little curly being. It was so fun. And you danced around and you were so funny. And then of course I went through, you know, life and went, you know, so I had to come back to that. So now I feel like I'm re, even in my forties, I'm refining my essence again, you know, always refining my essence after going through the experiences of life that do impact everything, which, you know, I know your story. So I have similar versions of stories, many different dark nights of the soul experiences. And, uh, that I keep coming back to that. When I come to the dance floor, I'm creating a playlist every time I'm creating an opportunity every time when I write a song, I'm taking my feelings and I'm putting them into the music so that I can express that and I'm making something. I don't know what it is about that making things, but I really enjoy that to help keep the rest of that, what you were talking about. I feel if everybody loved themselves more, which is the whole goal of journey dance and all the things that I do, then it's harder to do things that anger sublimated and all that negative conditioning allow us to do like acts of violence and things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really profound. Yeah. Cause as you heal yourself, as you, if you, if you really have that, that, that level of, of self love, if you really, and then inside that place, your, your heart will actually be at peace. It's not a heart at war and a heart at peace is not going to kill someone else because they believe something different. And right. a heart, yeah. And so um, it's it's really profound what you're what you're sharing. And I'd love to go a little deeper with you about your own story, your own journey, courageous conversations that you have had mm-hmm. with yourself and your personal life and your work life, wherever you want to go with that with that passion. Uh-huh. And yeah, because cause I'm sure that there are some really valuable pieces and nuggets for. Uh, yeah, I think I got something here. Just popped in. You know, I always trust my moment. I'm an in-the-moment kind of person. And I think what I what I would share would be that this is interesting. This is just forming up right now. So, <laughs> interesting. Okay. So, I was a self-abuser at a certain age. It all began, and I did all kinds of self-abusive you know, behaviors. And I talked about that in many different interviews and tell it in my teacher trainings about being a teenager in crisis and bulimic and smoking pot and drinking, you know, all the things that in sex and, you know, just being sort of a dysfunctional kind of teenager and then using, um, all of these numbing out devices to kind of, um, push everything under. And then when I got, I feel really lucky and had my own little awakening around 24 about the body and the power that was inside of me and how beautiful I really was. And I kind of did a big, big shift. But here's the little tricky part that I just am getting right now. So I learned to love myself on some level, right? Really did. Like I did tons of work, tons of therapy. I mean, shadow work, which I love. I did, you know, family constellation work. I did, uh, you know, programs and workshops and weekends. And and I taught, I taught, I was so teaching was also healing me because I was getting into the body in front of other people. And I was embodying all of my emotions and letting that be okay for me and thusly for everyone else. And still in relationships with men, I kept picking and tolerating situations that actually were abusive in 
very interesting, subtle ways that it was almost like, as I'm formulating this now, I hadn't fully healed. So I was, instead of like, I was mostly kind of in love with myself, right? But I was still letting these other things come in that were toxic. And what I'm realizing right now is that, you know, of course, as above, so below, you know, as within, so it shows up on the outside. So I was not really in full integrity with my healing. Like I, I was sort of like, oh, I healed, I healed, I healed. But then this, this ex-husband of mine is, you know, got his own issues and I'm tolerating a certain level of low grade emotional abuse. And then I'm like, huh. So I really, I think that when I was about, I think I was, uh, to be honest with you, I was teaching for years and years in that relationship, using that relationship to fuel my work because I was pissed. You know, I was angry. I was, I was, I had so much passion and energy. So I used it like to fuel my work. I always had something to burn. I always had something to work with. And now in the last, I've been separated and divorced for the last, since like uh, 2007, we like, so seven, eight, and nine were like the years of separation. So it's been solidly like seven years of not being in that relationship anymore. And I really shifted like, I had to have that conversation with myself. Okay, if I'm allowing this, then I haven't fully healed. And for me to really step into myself as a teacher, to really step into myself as a powerful woman who wants to help other women, I have to walk my talk fully and totally. And it was really, really scary because I knew I was going to have two kids and I was going to like somehow break their hearts or create some, you know, unforeseeable damage. They were little. Um, So I was really scared. And I think that I stayed longer because I was so scared to actually step out into fully walking my talk. And I'm such a different person now. Thank God I did that. Oh, I mean, I'm a different person than I was seven years ago. People, people say that to me all the time. They're like, Oh my God, you're so different than you were seven years ago. You're so different. You know, they, they, they know. Cause I, that whole part of me, I said, I have to fully embrace. And when I fully embraced myself and said, I'm just going to love myself so much. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. It was really, really hard. And I had financial things and oh, oh my God, it was like a whole slew of craziness went along with leaving. And now I've rebuilt my life and um, been teaching all along, you know, so it did many things for me. It created a whole level of compassion for everybody else who had been in that kind of abusive situation, low grade emotional abuse, serious abuse. I was able to be, I expanded my compassion ability and my empathy in ways I didn't even know were possible. And then to be a single mom, I expanded all of that. And then to top it off, I'll go into you know more more depth about this maybe another time. But my partner was like my ex partner was an al- well is an alcoholic. So I never even experienced that as a child. My parents did not have those issues. So for me, it was like whole education. I went, I did Al-Anon. I, mean, I learned so much through this crisis of of having to grow up. And say, I have to grow up myself. I have to grow up myself. I have to be my mom. I have to be my dad. I have to move this whole situation forward because no one can do it for me. So when I did that, I really put a big like kibosh on the self-abuse and I shifted in such ways. I feel like I'm more physically fit. I'm more beautiful. I'm more happy. I'm more vibrating my truth. I'm more resonant. I'm more, I'm more confident. I mean, all the things. I'm a better mother. I'm a better lover. I'm a better partner to my current partner. I'm just, I'm better. And it was scary and difficult and really, really painful. Hmm. There's my little story. I wasn't planning on telling. (laughs) Great. (laughs) I I feel, I feel, I feel embarrassed. And I, you're so funny. You're like, and I'm like, Oh no, now I'm going to (laughs) cry. I was like, I will not cry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I wish I could you, you're, such a, you're such a deep listener. I could feel like your your presence is allowing me to feel all of that and to appreciate that I, that I actually did do that. And it was really hard. During it, I was muscling through it, you know. And now looking back all these years later, whew, I still have to deal with this man on a regular basis. I have kids with him. So I have just changed so much. What I tolerate is just... I have a totally different type of line. I'm like, oh, no more toleration of that. I call them text wars, you know? So I'm like, we text wars, stop now. And I'm just taking care of myself in a whole new way. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And 
and thank you for just allowing the emotions to move through you and and when the tears came, what was that? Was it like that an appreciation of just how much things have changed and just feeling that as you spoke about it? Yeah, I think also realizing that I really do love myself now. Like I really do. Like I actually do. And I think it's just, it's almost like funny that I feel sometimes it's embarrassed. Like I feel like we're so conditioned to have all these not loving ourselves parts of us mm-hmm. that really saying I do love myself. Like even if I stopped right now and I never taught another journey dance class and I never wrote another song and I never, you know, did another, if I changed my life on a dime, I would still have known that all that I have gone through led me to this point of feeling like I actually do love myself. I appreciate myself and I can say, wow, like that's, that feels good. Hmm. That's really beautiful. And there's there's (laughs) It's like a big relief. Yeah. There's just, there's so much in, in, in what you shared. Like just, um, you know, there are so many layers to, to getting to a place of true and Mm. deep self love. And it is a journey that can take many years. And I love hearing how, you know, you were teaching all throughout, even when you and you thought you loved yourself along the way. And then you realized there was more and there was more. And in order to be walking your talk and really leading these, these women and the few men who are who are there, like that you needed to take this to an even deeper level and what that meant for you, in terms of having the courage to leave a situation with your ex that um that just didn't if you had stayed there it wouldn't have allowed the you know this person that you you know you're saying people say you've changed so much in those years it's yeah like and I could feel as you were describing like where you are now and the joy was just coming (laughs) from you and like it was yeah it was was amazing yeah you know what you said, so something that's really interesting. So, you know, I talk about this sometimes at the trainings to try to explain to people some things because it's hard to um, put this into words. But so, you know, you took the class, right? So people come up to me afterwards. Oh, my God, that was so powerful. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. They're like, you're so mad. And I'm like, I'm listening to it. And it just goes, whoosh. You know, like I never could take any of that in because I had like my barrier like that was like, no, you know, um, so even with all of the accolades and all of the like constant, you changed my life. And blah, blah. I mean, I appreciate that so much. And I love hearing those, those, that feedback. And now I can take it in so much better. Now, like yesterday I was teaching and a woman came up to me after class and she said, that was the most profound thing that I've done since I've been here. And I just breathed. I said, I'm so glad. And I thank you. She said, you're so wonderful. I said, thank you so much. And I really was like, I'm going to take this in because I, love what I did. I love creating this experience for the people. I enjoyed dancing with them. It was so much fun. It was like a, a mutually beneficial love instead of like, usually I say, I used to say things like, Oh, well, you know, you, you know, you, you spot it, you got it. Like to kind of not take it in, you know, like, and say, yeah, well, and I have this dance called you're so amazing. You're so amazing. You're so amazing. Thank you very much. You know, it's like this dance that I do with the people on the dance floor. And I realized that I used I use it as a tool. So I say to people, how many of you felt you were amazing, you were sexy, you were gorgeous, you were you're powerful, you're graceful? How many of you felt that you could take in all those compliments? You're luscious, you're joyful, and people, you know, some people say, I can't. Most people say, I can't, you know. And then I say, Well, let's it's time to break out of the box now. What's blocking you from taking that in? And I realized for me, some of it was just the ability to just be vulnerable and just take it in, just open the heart and actually take it in that somebody really does appreciate and see me. I think that it's very hard to be seen. The the most people in my trainings that really have what I call a breakthrough is being seen, Mm -hmm. being seen. That's where the breakthroughs, someone who can't be seen and gets seen. That's floodgates. We're talking about floodgates. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really profound what, what you just shared. Because, um, I mean, even in the one hour I spent with you in that class, like, I felt seen in my dancing. Like, I actually had my eyes closed as I was moving. And, mm. but I just felt so free and I let myself be seen. 
And so, and that, yeah. that was, it was, it was really profound. And, you know, it's like the seeing and the being seen, like both, both are, are really profound. And, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Let me add to that. that that's, that's another huge one. So I think that for about, I don't know, I was dancing, I used to go dancing all the time. Dancing was my release and I would, I would dance, dance, dance. And then there's a whole new thing about witnessing stop dancing when you're holding the space and I it took me years and years to get to this point this is a big reveal for me embarrassing to say but for years and years I would like look around the room and see people but I wouldn't really see them like I would see them like oh she's a great dancer oh she's got nice pants on you know oh wow look at that person really getting into it you know but now I think I guess it was like around 30 30 34 I was like you know what I'm gonna I want to see these people. I'm going to open my eyes more because I used to have my eyes closed most of the time. Even when I'm teaching, I still do because I love that sensation of being in the body. So now I do these exercises all about holding space and really seeing someone, not how they're moving, not what they're wearing, not just seeing them as an essence. And it's been so powerful for me too to witness other people. And I call it witnessing beauty because everyone is so beautiful. I don't care what shape, what age. They're just so beautiful when they're, just in, especially when they're freely moving and they're not in their messy mind, blah, 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 like with the whole facade and everything. It's just an essence. So that took a long time for me to get to the place where I could appreciate beauty because I wasn't feeling my own appreciation. So when I was looking outward, there was comparison and all that stuff that goes into it instead of saying, wow, you know what? I am the essential Tony and you are the essential you. And there's no comparison. We're just two incredible essential essences and that's really been a huge gift of freedom for me so just want to share that with you yeah no that's that, thank you for sharing that and uh yeah and I um I I uh I, I identify really deeply with what you're saying because you know you think of yourself as a loving and a compassionate person and you think you see people and then when but when you get to this place that you're describing which is a place that I feel like I've been entering recently where I actually can see the beauty in everyone mm -hmm. you know even if I'm pissed off at someone I can still see their beauty which is which is interesting I as know. well that's why it's painful when things happen with with people you love because you yeah. want to like I want to see their beauty I don't want I don't want to see their meanness or their Michigas or whatever, but I do, of course, yeah. I see everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, something that you just said struck a chord in me that I do want to say. One thing that I've been working on is how to explain to people, like, not explain, but how to work with emotions that, that don't deserve actions that don't deserve forgiveness. And I'm totally, I've owned that over the years that I say, and I really claim this because I think it's something that I want everyone to know that. I don't expect or believe that every single thing, every action deserves forgiveness. As we talked about earlier, there are things that happen to people that are so traumatic that I don't believe forgiveness should even be in the picture. What I believe is processing the feelings so well that you can thank that experience for happening so that you can become who you are today. But, you know, a lot of, spiritual philosophies, you know, we talk about forgiveness and we have to forgive. And, you know, some people just aren't ready so for forgiveness. So I really, like, really had to work on this because I was like, people were asking me, do you think I need to forgive this thing from happening? I would say to them, first of all, I am not a guru. And second of all, I do believe that forgiveness would be great. But if you're not ready for forgiveness, then you just have to process your own feelings and try to find that space of gratitude for helping you to evolve into who you are now because maybe if you, that didn't happen to you you wouldn't be it where you are now right so it's looking back I always say like I thank you and I release you I don't say I forgive you because that's a whole nother level of process work that has to be done so just something like just, I don't know why but you said something that just struck that in me about moving through the past like I call my work moving into a new story and it's really important to embrace this part of ourselves that has been hurt, the fragile part. You know, we're always like looking at the shadow side, looking at the shadow side. There's also the fragile side that needs to be embraced and supported and loved and held. And however you can micro baby step toward your next evolution, that's the way to do it. Like there's not one way to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I really like that you're 
that you're saying that, you know, because cause there, there is so much out there of like, okay, well, you just need to forgive and you're not going to yeah. move on until you forgive. But what you, what it seems like you're speaking to also is like different layers and different levels and what is the person okay. actually ready for right now? What is up for healing? And then they might get to a place where they have, he, have done a lot of the other layers of healing. They're feeling more and they've, they've found some of the gifts in, in what happened or what it's opened up in them and then then there may be a moment where they can say okay let me try and understand this person who harmed me what are their experiences how did they end up this way and maybe have compassion for that and maybe not you know but I don't I don't necessarily see that as that must happen in order for you know the, the healing to occur Right. I think that's the thing for just give, to give women the permission to not have that forced upon them to feel like they're spiritual. I feel like a lot of people feel like, oh, I'm not spiritual because I haven't ever forgiven. So they hold on to their wound so tightly and their anger because they can't let it, they can't, they don't want to forgive. So when I said, oh, you know, I'm going to take forgiveness off the table. Okay. So let's say you don't have to forgive. All you have to do is process work through as best you can. Of course, there's so many layers to that. We can talk about a whole nother like five day interview <laughs> and how, 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 right, right, how that happens, how we get yeah. to that level. I mean, I feel that I've done a ton of actual forgiveness of my ex partner because I've done so much process work around him and who he is and what he went through. And I've, you know, I, I know his history and his life and what led to all these things. And he's actually in a great state of healing right now. He's healing himself, which is amazing. He's He's getting sober and all these wonderful things are happening for him. So I'm so happy for him on that level. And I've learned to be his friend, which has been really hard. At least seven years of this, becoming someone's friend. It's a really interesting process. Um, But I was committed to it for my boys, you know. So that whole idea of of, – I work with people who have a lot of trauma. I mean, I really do. And I don't invite that – person, that person shows up, you know, I don't say if you're traumatized, come to the workshop, I say come to the workshop, and then everybody gets to where they get to and some traumas are revealed. And I think that that just that little moment of I love what you said about the compassion, because when you find like, most of us, like, if I didn't go through my, I had like an experience when I was 13 of being attacked, and it was the most terrifying thing at 13 being attacked, and being, you know, grabbed and basically molested by a stranger and it was I mean I don't really talk about this one either but it was very terrifying and it put me into like a state of um I had like a you know traumatic domino effect uncontrollable um the body just does its thing once that happens and I talk a lot about that with my people who've been through so much trauma because there's trauma that happens you know verbal when you're verbal trauma that happens when you're pre-verbal and there are things in the in the the chemical reactions and neurological responses that just happen now because of an experience. So to take that blame off, like, why am I so messed up? Well, you're not messed up. You just have a domino effect. So when you get triggered, something goes through the body. And here you are in this state where you have to learn how to now manage the state. So that's the hope of the journey dance kind of, and my philosophy just as a person of helping people get grounded, get held. I feel like we need so much more physical contact. To like, when, when someone holds you, you're just in your body and it's safe and it's okay right now, right here, even if the path wasn't right now, right here. So we do a lot of physical contact to help bring new neural pathways into the body. So just to give people like take some things off the hook so you don't have to be like, this is the thing I think most women are doing, you know, the self-flagellation. Why have I not arrived yet? Why am I not there yet? Why have I not broken through yet why am I not living my dream yet you know all this stuff and it's like oh enough 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 just take yourself off the hook let it unfold I got excited there sorry but Don't apologize you know, for that. It's like it's like when people take when they take themselves off the hook for the having to heal then I feel like healing happens because it's like oh okay so this is all these reactions are because of that experience when I was traumatized and now I can work through that. And there's so many more methods of healing trauma now than there ever were. We're so lucky, you know, we're lucky time right now. Yeah. 
Now, I just, um, I love so much of what you're saying and never apologize for getting excited about an idea that's coming <laughs> through. I think it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's awesome. And um, what's so profound in what you're sharing is um, around like, like we, we think that we need to be at this place or that place. And so we're not here. And what you're doing mm. is you're, as you're working with your people, you're bringing them here into their experience now and their body now. And if they need a hug now, then that, that healing can happen in this moment. And then there's all this processing that's going on with the feelings that are stuck in their bodies. And then through the movement, they can they can also move out and go. And it just, um, like I was just feeling like the energy moving. <laughs> You know, and right? um, yeah, and and how you help people to do that, and that's where the real healing has to occur. And a lot of people ignore that, and it's not just in like going. Not to say that there's anything wrong with going to see a therapist, but if you go to see a therapist, uh, a lot of the time they're not doing the somatic healing. You know, and right. um, yeah, and it's. Um, oh, I have a whole. I have a whole one woman show that I've developed about all my therapists that I went to many many. <laughs> And they were all amazing and wonderful in their own ways. And um, I really, I really needed every single one of all my healing. I call it like a, a healing team. I had a village. I had, you know, the therapist when I was 13 after that happened. That was one of the weirdest things that I would say I'm grateful for it now. But during the time, my mom, who I adore, who is an amazing therapist, actually, I am a, ther I'm a therapist's daughter. Um, <laughs> She didn't know what to do with me at that time when I had that attacking thing happen and I was in terror. She just didn't know what to do. So I went to a therapist and that therapist definitely did some re-traumatizing, made me tell the event over and over. And she, I was only 13 and she was like, you know, say breast, say vagina. I was like, oh my God, I'm only 13. Like she made me say, I said he touched me, you know, here and here or whatever. He grabbed me or whatever happened. And she made me say it and I was like, I hate this therapist. And I, I realized now, you know, this was many years ago because I'm like, I'm on my way over to the next decade. Um, so, so it just really um, was super scary in a lot of ways to do that to me as such a young child, such a young kid. I was a little girl, you know. So I look back on that. It helps me with other people. Like I don't make people retell their stories. I actually encourage lots of nonverbal processing, lots of expressive stuff. And if we do retell our stories, we do it theatrically with actors and we actually do psychodramatic processes and we can change endings and we can have people say the things that they would have liked to have said. And it's really powerful stuff when you can look at something from the distance rather than being retelling that story, you know. So that's kind of, uh, that's interesting what you said. I, I went to many therapists, but the one that really got me was the one who asked me, I was 24, and she said to me, can you feel your butt on the chair? And I was like, you know, thumping my butt down on the chair. I was like, oh, I guess so. She's like, I don't think so. You're up here. You know, and that was the beginning of my healing. That question just knocked me for a loop. And then I was like, all right, I got to get in. It was funny. I spent so many years trying to get out, doing all this meditation work and all kinds of, um, what do they call it? Like kind of TM type of exercises and visualizations and, you know, everything to get out, get out, get out. And it was like all about going in. Yeah. All about going in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's really, uh, really profound too, what you just shared. <laughs> and I want to um, comment on that in a moment, but first I actually meant to say this before. I really um, want to thank you for, for sharing your story of what happened to you when you were 13. And, and it's, um, I can imagine it's hard to share. It's still probably hard to think about. And, you know, I can't, it, <sighs> it, so I really appreciate you sharing it with, uh, with us. And I'm sure that there are, listeners out there who you've touched with this story mm. and maybe they um it's been healing for them to hear and I'm so I sorry. hope so mm -hmm. I hope so I feel like that one's been pretty well processed and blended and liquefied yeah. uh I did so much work around that that it's pretty much like you know like I always imagine I talk about like the blender and how many more times can you actually process something until it becomes non-existent you know like a liquid substance mm -hmm. so I feel a little bit more distant from it than I used to, of course, you know, 
But it led to lots of other interesting things and behaviors. So I had to really work it. I had to go to the root of that moment, budding into a little girl. Like I had my first little, my first little breasts at that time. It was like I wore for the first time like a sexy-ish, not sexy, I was only 13, but like the, the times have changed. What the girls are wearing now is not what the girls were wearing then. But I was kind of like a chubby sixth grader and I was wearing like this certain little bathing suit that had little strings you could pull up a little bit. And it was like the first time I ever stepped out like that and then I got smack. You know, it was like, Aww. yeah, it was like really, really intense. So I think that's had a lot to do with my own like, and I love my sexuality. It's definitely impacted how I went about. I'm getting really, you're really, you don't know what you're doing right now, but you got me, girlfriend. <laughs> I'm digging in right now. I was not planning to. <laughs> and I realized I'm, and it's like a domino effect there of how I was sexually in my life, um, either swinging one pole or swinging another pole. Really interesting. Not using a pole, by the way, but... <laughs> But, you know, playing with that part of me, I think there was a lot of me that was afraid to be seen as sexy. Yeah. So I kind of did other things to avoid that. But I'm just naturally sexy. <laughs> yes, you are very sexy. <laughs> I can't help it now. Now I just can't help it. <laughs> great. Back then, I was terrified of it. Oh, terrified of it, you know. Yeah. So, woo, we went all over the place. Thank oh, you very much. We sure did, yeah. <laughs> Just to, to, to complete another thought, yeah, because we could talk about sexy for a, a long time also and owning your sexy and oh, we have trouble doing that. I wanted to go back for a moment also to that moment that you uh, that you had with your therapist when she asked mm -hmm. about, well, can you feel your butt in the chair? And um yeah, I think this is so important because we are taught in this society to live here. And, you know, as someone who um, I'm really good in my head, I'm very smart. And, you know, so it was like I had to use this to get my business and law degree. And when I first started doing transformational work, it was all here. It was all in my head. It was like, and I, you, this sounds like it happened for you earlier than it happened for me, but I didn't realize until 2010 that there was a self in my body that like oh. I had to start working here. And like, that's why I wasn't making the progress I needed to make. Mm. And that's where it came like, okay, I need to get mm. in my heart, not my head. Mm. I need to share from here. And um, yeah, so thank you for, for bringing that piece in and you do such a beautiful job of, of working with that. I mean, you're so embodied yourself and you're um, helping liberate women and men now in journey dance to to be that same way and be on that mm -hmm. journey of healing so thank you for, thank for your you. amazing work <laughs> yeah. thank you so much for for saying that yeah it was definitely an experience i i did a lot of um embodying i did a lot of yoga and then I did a lot of dancing and a lot, I mean, I was dancing every day. I was doing contact improvisation. I was rubbing up against people. I was doing, I was rolling around the floor. My medicine is rolling around on the floor. I know it sounds really crazy probably to people who are listening to this if you don't know me, but I roll around on the floor, you know, with my students. I just taught a workshop yesterday at Kripalu that's called the Embodied Heart, which is all about for the first hour, I teach everybody all these ways of rolling on the floor, getting their whole body to be massaged and touched by the floor. And then we come up and then we can see someone. And then we have this amazing heart series. So I, I was doing these series yesterday of work, a little exercise that is different from journey dance, but it's really, really about feeling into the whole the whole skin and I think that that was my greatest healing and it's interesting because now as we've learned so much in the last 20 years about how to work with individuals and occupational therapy my um I remember studying a bunch of this because I knew some some people who had autistic children and other things and I was helping and reading and skin brushing and rolling in a carpet and compression and all the things that we need to be in our body. We need compression. So if you're someone, I'm just going to speak to the group, if you're someone who's not feeling like you're in your body, 
just put on some music that's kind of ambient and roll around on the floor and see if you can feel and without too many directions, just roll and pour and feel your weight and find the sensations because it's really, that's going to help so much. And some people are scared of it. When, when I teach, people say to me, like the second day of training, they're like, oh my God, I feel so heavy. I'm like, good, good. They're so afraid to feel heavy because they don't want to feel their grounded roots and their presence. You know, they want to be up here, just safe, safe and floating. So it's a lot, a lot goes on. Physical contact brings, boom, instant aware, instant information into the body. Hmm. You can touch your own body to start with. You can touch your own body to start with, you know. You don't have to start with other people. <laughs> That's great, too. Yeah, I mean. Rub and tap, rub and tap. <laughs> That's great. We'll do that for a moment. Uh, <laughs> I just love putting my hands body. on my heart too. It just, <laughs> yeah, it's gorgeous. And uh, gosh, I feel like we could talk for hours, but <laughs> you know, I, know. I, think that, I think that it's time to wind us down here. And I'd love, we, as you said, we've traversed so many yeah. different areas and um such a deep rich conversation what are some key takeaways or things that you uh might want our listeners to implement today or anything of that that nature to summarize a little bit here yeah so i have um i have one i think i think will help people you know right away and it's it's um more of a mental exercise so the first takeaway i would say was put on some music and just move no directions no instructions no mirrors just close your eyes start to feel your body and you will you will become more energized more in touch with whatever's going on that's to me what's most important is getting in touch with whether you're feeling super joyful super passionate walking is great i walk a lot but it's different from dancing music has a certain impact on the whole body so use music that you love as a doorway to get in that's that's step one i would say and the second thing i'm really um a bit of a vigilante around self-abusive thoughts so i trademark this thing called mind busting which is really funny i want to do like a ghostbusters theme with like mind busting and um <laughs> i haven't done it yet but i did i did trademark it but anyway that's my, another, another joke i have i'm a comedian as well we'll talk about that later but so mind busting technique is like this so you have a thought that comes in like you know it could be like, you know, I'm trying to give you some ideas. Any thought that you don't like. I mean, you know if you like your thought and you know if you don't. You know. If you're judging somebody, you don't really like how it feels. If you're judging yourself, you definitely don't like how it feels. So you just assess the thought real quick. And then I imagine there's like a little circuit here. So if the thought comes in here, you go, I'm changing that thought. And you send it out the other side or you can flick it away and you start just noticing your thoughts and you start saying, oh, what would I prefer to think? My greatest teacher, Ariana Shelton, my greatest teacher, she taught me what if you could choose your thoughts, what would you prefer to think? So if I think a thought that is crappy and negative and self-abusive, I'm going to say, wait a second, okay, I am good enough. I am going to shift. I'm going to think a thought that I can handle. So first thing I say is, wouldn't it be nice if I used the Abraham technique? Wouldn't it be nice if I loved myself? Yes, it would. Yes, it would. So I just start this little process. It's a big deal. If you get into it, it could take some months, some years, because we have these interesting ways of the self-abusive patterning. So that's called mind busting. It's a great technique. You just kind of, if you hear the thought, like, let's say I say, like, I'm I'm never going to be able to make it. That's like a debilitating thought. It's a limiting belief or I'm not good enough is the most common one or I'm not worthy or no one sees me. I mean, there's hundreds of them. I'm too fat. I'm too thin. I'm too old. I'm too young. You know, there's millions of these thoughts. I'm not the right this. I'm not the right that. So anything that comes in like that, you know that that is not going to help you. Like you just, you know, you're smart. You're smart and you know, oh, that was not, that is not a positive, but that's not going to help me. So you say, what would be a little nicer a little more gentle, and what is a more self-loving thought? And you say, oh, you know what? Those are old thoughts. Those are old tapes. Those are not relevant to now. Now, in this moment, I feel that I have work to do. You, I don't have time for you. Or I've got to go and take a bath right now. I've got to do some self-loving act. And just start to notice when the thoughts come up. Because when the thoughts come up, there's usually something emotional going on under the surface. And that's what... So if I have the thought, like, I used to be bulimic, right? So 
when I was like in my early 20s and late teens. So if I had the thought, you're fat, I'd be like, ah, what's going on? Oh, I'm upset. I'm upset. I'm hurt. That was not a good situation. Whatever it is, like there's something in there that really needs to be felt. And that's just a distraction. So that's my little piece of what you could do at home. Start the process of just taking inventory of what's going on. Is that helpful? Yeah, I think it's really helpful. And, okay. um, and I like that you're, you're not just saying like flip it. You know, what you're saying is like, okay, what's going on here? Start the inquiry. You know, what, um, what, what, what thought would I rather think something that's palatable right now? Cause yeah, you know, if exactly. you're being, if you're abusing yourself, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to shift right immediately to I'm perfect just as I am or, you know, <laughs> these, um, yeah, no, I don't go for the fakeness. It's what would I prefer to think? Okay. Ah, yeah. uh, wouldn't it be nice if I, if I just was a little nicer to myself and I could stop this now. Even just stopping it will be better than, than listening to it and letting it just uh, need your vibration. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And even yeah, even like even just noticing that you're doing it makes it like like because if you don't have that separation, then you're then you're actually like that's what's occurring is true. But as soon as you observe it, then you can at least have that separation and realize, oh, well, maybe that's not true. Maybe I can do something else with it. And then it's a, then just that in and of itself is creating a shift. So I love that. Yeah. All right. Yay. Great. Awesome. And then dance. (laughs) The weirder, the better, you know? Yeah. (laughs) You're so fun. So I also know you have a free gift for us, which is, um, you can, you, you all know who are listening, you can click below this video to receive it. Uh, do you, can you tell us a little bit about it? Huh? I don't know which one they're giving away. I don't know which so one funny? they're giving away. Okay. You know what it is? Can you read it I'll tell you what it is. I would actually have to look up what it is. Oh, you know what I think it is? Okay. I think it's the three videos. Yes, I know what it is. Okay. Okay. So these are videos. Oh, good. I remembered. So these are videos from the Ignite series that I did, which was just like to get people to start turning on their dancer. So they're videos. I believe that there are three. Um, one is about getting into your sensual body and finding the heart, which is going to be perfect for all of you. One is about breaking out of the box, which is like you deal with your limiting beliefs in a, in a literal physical manifestation, like you're a mime, you have a box, and you're going to break out of it. And I'm leading the dances on the video. And the third one, the perfectionism box, um, sensual heart. Ooh, it's got it. I'm sure it's a good one. Maybe it's a shamanic uh, meet your inner shaman one. I have to look. But either way, it might be a little fire ceremony. They're journey dance videos with some dancers and a little bit of talk about how to kind of get a little bit more into your body. And again, do that practice of clearing and loving. So I hope you'll click on them and watch them and dance with me. And you can connect with me through journeydance.com and Facebook. We got the Tony Bergen's Facebook page and the Journey Dance Community Facebook page and tons of events and teacher trainings and things coming up. And there's teachers all over. So wherever you are, if you can't find a teacher, send us an email. We'll help connect you with the closest person we can find. Awesome. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to check out your free gifts. <laughs> they sound oh, really definitely. Great. Yeah. They also, awesome. I also have an online course, which is really amazing. We're going to, we launch it uh, twice a year. It's called the Embodiment Immersion, and it's 12 video series, and we go through the embodiment process. And uh, you can check that out, too. I believe there's a link to that on my website. But I'll be launching that um, through an email blast type of thing at some point. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time and picking me and interviewing me. It's so fun to be with you and talk to you and your energy is so loving that I felt able to (laughs) express things that I never would have. I'm going to write some of this down because that's that's good stuff. I love it. Yeah, I know. It was such a pleasure to, to be with you. And I love I love your range. I love how funny you are and how energetic you are and then how deep and emotional and, you know, just like there's there's such a spectrum that we covered and the journey that we took during this conversation. Woo. So, <laughs> yeah.
Amazing. I really appreciate you being here and sharing your wisdom and sharing your heart with, with everyone you. and with me. And um, yeah, so thank you for well, that. What I love about you also is that you're so authentic. So you let me be authentic. Like I didn't go off on like spiel mode. You know what I mean? I just was listening and answering and being with you. So that's the most important thing to me is that we all be in that authentic place of listening and yeah, and receiving each other. Yeah, well, you know, the event is speaking up from your heart, so I need to be in my heart and the people I'm with, I want them to be in their hearts and be themselves, Perfect. right? So that's that's awesome. Yeah, and so thank you so much for, for being with us and sharing Oh, yourself. you're so welcome. Yeah. Oh, let's do a journey dance kiss. Here's what we do at the end of every class. Then shoulder. And then we go. Mm-hmm. I don't remember this. <laughs> That's, That's what we do. It's called the journey dance kiss. The journey dance moi. I think I was probably so moved at the end of class that like I was. So <laughs> I don't remember that. But Singing awesome. or something. Wonderful. Well, I think we, uh, we've had a, a great conversation and I hope that all of you listening have received many nuggets of wisdom and uh, we'll just say bye for now. All right. Thank you. This has been Wealth Alchemy Lab, the only show teaching you how to follow a spiritual path to money, pleasure, and purpose. To stay connected to our community, join our Facebook group, also called Wealth Alchemy Lab. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. To check out today's guest, visit epicdreamacademy.com forward slash podcast.